0: You're listening to The Vine Podcast, episode 45. As a food blogger, the quality of your recipes can make or break your blog's credibility. In this episode, I'm going to walk you through six tips to write better recipes and make sure that you are producing high-quality content. You love the time you get to spend creating content on your blog and connecting with your audience, but building a brand and working on your website, that's where it can feel overwhelming. With all of the lists out there of everything that you should do, sometimes you just feel like giving up. But friends, there's a better way. When you spend time strategically thinking about your blog, you'll discover what is essential to build a successful and sustainable business and what's not. I'm your host, Madison Weatherill, a WordPress web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers. I'm here to help you think strategically about the brand you're building, connect with your ideal audience, and ultimately convert them into raving fans, the ones who actually make your recipes, interact with you, and make this whole food blogging journey worth it. It's time to design a business you love and remember why you started a blog in the first place. Welcome back to another episode, friends. I'm just so glad that you are here. I have been getting so much feedback on the last few episodes from you guys, and I've said it before, but it just makes my day to see that you guys are listening to the episodes and that you're enjoying them. So if you have not shared on your Instagram stories that you are liking the podcast or what you're learning from it, I would love for you to take a screenshot and share the episode over there and make sure that you tag me at Grace and Vine so that I can check in with you and see what you're learning and how you are taking action from this podcast. Now, if you are new to the show, I just want to welcome you and say that I'm so glad that you are checking out this podcast. I always like to do just a quick introduction at the beginning of the episode and just welcome you here and introduce who I am. So my name is Madison Weatherill and I am a web designer and I work almost primarily with food bloggers these days. My business is called Grace and Vine Studios and I have been doing this for over five years now. And it's even crazier to think that I started this podcast almost about a year ago is when I recorded the first few episodes. It didn't launch officially until October of 2019 so we're coming up on a year, but it's just been such a fun process to produce these episodes and just to connect with you guys through these. It's one of those weird things that you wouldn't think would be a great way to connect because it's kind of one-sided when you're recording, but I've really just loved getting to know you guys through these episodes and just seeing how they're helping you. So we talk a lot about design and strategy on this show, but something that I don't talk about quite as much is the work that you actually do as a food blogger. Now, your recipes are your bread and butter, pun very much intended, and without good recipes, you're not going to be able to attract people to your website, and they're certainly not going to return and come back to make more recipes if they don't have success the first time. So I want to talk about today how you can write better recipes. These are going to be just a few checklist items that you can remember And just start creating habits for to make sure that your recipes are not only well written, but they are easy to follow and ultimately that they help build trust with your audience. Because again, if you have someone coming to your site for the first time and they try one of your recipes and it flops, there's very little chance that they're going to come back and make a second recipe or trust your blog if they see it on Pinterest. And I wanted to mention that there is a really great resource for some of the things that I'm talking about today, but it's actually a book that I'm not sure is in production anymore. I'm sure some of you already have it, but it is called The Recipe Writer's Handbook. And if you can get a copy of it, it is a really great resource to have. It just happens to be really, really expensive on Amazon right now for even a used copy. So I'm not sure why that is, but if you have a friend that has it, maybe you can borrow it or maybe you can find it somewhere and just grab a copy because it really goes through the proper way to write recipes and to be consistent and grammatically correct as well. So the first tip for writing better recipes is to make sure that you test the recipe more than once. Now I know that I have been totally guilty of this when I was writing recipes for my food blog, but it's something that I definitely got better at over time. There's definitely certain recipes that you know like the back of your hand or certain recipes that you make all the time and so testing them more than once might not be necessary but what is really important is to write down your recipe and then make it again from your recipe because I know for a lot of you like me you don't necessarily measure ingredients every time you're cooking something and so it's really important to not only document what ingredients you're using and how much but then also to go back and test that to make sure that it's accurate because in your head you might think that a tablespoon of a certain spice is enough, but when you test it, you might find that it needs much more or much less. So when you're thinking about your audience and making sure that you produce high quality content, this is something that is really, really important. The second tip for writing better recipes is not to assume anything so again this is something that is really hard to do as a food blogger because you are so accustomed to cooking you're so accustomed to reading recipes maybe even figuring out ways to make alterations to a recipe or even finding mistakes in a recipe but still being able to make it work for you and you really need to assume that your readers are pretty much the exact opposite of that i'm not saying that you need to assume that your your readers are unintelligent or anything like that but you just need to assume that they know very little about about what you're telling them and that this is the very first time they are doing any of these steps in your recipe. So when I say not to assume anything, I'm really meaning that you wanna make sure that you lay out every step in detail and make sure not to cut any corners because you assume it's something that your readers might know. Something as easy as saying something like cream, the butter, and sugar, somebody who is baking for the first time may not even know what that means. So you wanna make sure that you're using terminology that is sort of layman's terms because you are an advanced recipe maker, obviously, and you have to assume that your readers are not. The third tip for writing better recipes is that you want to list the ingredients and the steps in the order that they come for the recipe. So for example, if a certain step of the recipe has to come before another or in order to use an ingredient in a recipe you have to do something first you want to make sure that your ingredients come in that order a better example might be if you think about baking and you need to mix the wet ingredients first and then mix the dry ingredients and then combine the two in your actual recipe card when you are outlining the ingredients you want to make sure that you go in the order that they come in the instructions below And then again, the same things with the steps. You just wanna make sure that everything is in the exact order that it should be and is really logical. This is again, something that I think is really easy to miss or is a really bad habit to get into. I've been there myself, but it just takes really taking a second glance over those two sections of your recipe card to make sure that you are following the order that makes the most sense. Now, if you're making a recipe where the order of use of ingredients doesn't really make any difference, maybe it's a salad dressing or a cocktail recipe, here are some suggested ways that that recipe handbook mentions using as a way to list the ingredients. You can go in descending order according to volume with the dry ingredients first, followed by any liquid ingredients. You can do light-colored ingredients before dark-colored items so that you can use the same measuring cups or spoons. You can do ingredients that need similar preparation, such as chopping or slicing kind of bundled together, or you can do it in order of preparation, meaning maybe you need the citrus peel before you can juice it. And last, you can also do it by time factor. So if something needs to sit or if it needs to thaw, you would wanna include that higher up in the ingredients list so that somebody has time to prepare that. So the fourth tip for writing better recipes is going to have to do with formatting and there's a couple of different points that are going to go with this but overall I just want to say pick a format for your recipes and stick with it. Of course if you're doing some of these things that I'm mentioning are not the best way to write your recipes then change it first and then kind of have a standard way that you do your recipes and format them that way. But here are a couple of common mistakes that I see in formatting of recipes. The first is that you don't need to capitalize measurements. I see this a lot with people capitalizing something like tablespoon and you don't need to capitalize the actual measurement of an ingredient a second is that you want to spell those measurements out fully again this goes back to the assumption thing you might think that someone would know that tbsp stands for tablespoon but again you can't assume that of your reader so you want to spell out the entire thing fully same thing with cups there are just so many ways that things can get confusing for somebody who isn't used to those terms or those measurements so you want to just spell it all out so that it's super easy for someone to understand the next part of formatting is that you wanna use subheadings to break up longer recipes that might have multiple parts. So if you're making a pie that has a filling and a crust and a topping, you're gonna to wanna to have subheads for each of those three sections so that someone can at a glance really read what it is because otherwise they're gonna be looking at a list of 15 to 20 ingredients and it's going to be super overwhelming. So the same way that you format your blog posts and have headings in there, the same thing is true for your recipe card. Another common formatting mistake is including two numbers in a row when you are talking about size and quantity. So for example, if you are saying a half eight ounce can of tomato sauce, that can actually mean two different things. This particular wording makes it unclear whether the can is eight ounces or half of the can is eight ounces, depending on how you lay it out in terms of the formatting. So you would want to do the fraction for one half and then in parentheses do eight ounce, parentheses, can of tomato sauce. And that just helps people to understand that you're talking about half of that whole can, which measures eight ounces. It's a little bit harder to explain, but when you see it written out, maybe some of you have done this, you'll totally understand what I mean. And the last formatting tip that I will share is if you have an ingredient that does not have a measurement, particularly, maybe it's something to taste, you wanna actually capitalize the start of that ingredient. So if it is salt and pepper, comma, to taste, you're going to capitalize the word salt. The fifth tip is actually similar to the formatting, but it is important enough to make its own tip because this is a very common mistake, which can really alternate the way that a recipe comes out if you do not do this properly. So that is to describe the preparation properly. And I'm actually just gonna read a little excerpt from that book, The Recipe Writer's Handbook, because it describes it much better than I would've been able to come up with myself. So it says, describe the preparation of ingredients in the appropriate place. For most foods, chopping, slicing, or other preparation is done prior to measuring. List, for example, half cup chopped celery, not, half cup celery comma chopped. The cook must chop the celery in order to measure it. And so again, in that example, you can see that there's a difference between a half a cup of chopped celery versus a half cup of celery that is chopped. It's really hard to measure a half a cup of celery without it being chopped, so you're going to need to specify the chopped first. And this is something that I just see so commonly. And again, I have made this mistake many times, but just when you're going back over your recipe card one last time before you hit publish, just really pay attention to those fine details that can really trip up somebody who is not as used to making that particular recipe or just cooking in general. And the sixth tip for writing better recipes is going to be that if you're using a recipe where there is a secondary recipe within that, something that you're trying to link to, you still want to include the full instructions and ingredients. So going back to that example of the pie, let's say that I have a pie crust recipe that I want to use in a cherry pie that I'm sharing on the blog. I wanna make sure that that pie crust is actually fully in my recipe card, including the ingredients and the instructions. This is for a couple of reasons, but the biggest reason is for the better user experience, someone is going to want to see all of that in one place. They're not going to want to flip back and forth between two tabs, or for some people that don't even use tabs, that can be a really poor user experience to have to go back and forth between those two links. So you wanna make sure the full recipe ingredients and instructions are in the recipe that is using another recipe on your site, but then you also wanna make sure you include a link to that recipe that you're talking talking about either within the blog post or even linked in the recipe card. But you just want to make sure that it's a really seamless user experience. I used to think that it would be better to link to the other post so that someone would go over to there and see that post and I would get an extra page view. But the user experience is Decline so much when you do that that it's not even worth that extra page view. And again, you're probably just going to frustrate someone in the moment who is just trying to make your recipe correctly. Okay, those were the six tips that I have for you. There is probably a lot more that I could say about this topic, particularly, but I just want to run over those six again really quick because I think it's just really important to remember these things. Maybe make a checklist for yourself and really just treat this as a really important part of your process because I think so often the recipe card becomes the very last thing that we do in order to publish our blog post but when you think about it it really is the most important part of your blog post it's the thing that everyone wants to skip right to and it's ultimately the thing that is going to make someone trust your brand or not like your brand and not want to come back so again those six tips for writing better recipes are one make sure that you test the recipe more than once two do not assume anything about your reader and their skill level. 3. List ingredients and steps in the order in which they come in the recipe. 4. Use consistent and proper formatting. 5. Describe the preparation of ingredients properly. And 6. If the recipe uses a secondary recipe, make sure to include the full instructions and ingredients in your recipe card. Speaking of recipe cards, next week I'm going to be sharing an episode all about recipe cards, why they're important, and which three recipe cards that I have used and recommend to my clients. There's a lot of recipe cards out there, but there are only three that I recommend. So make sure you hit the subscribe button if you are not subscribed already so that you can catch that episode as soon as it drops next week on Tuesday. Until then, friends, I will talk to you soon.